is Sunday, July 5th, 2020. And on this episode, again, we have my husband. Hi, husband. Hi, husband. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm just fine. Thank you. So yesterday was 4th of July. Yes. And so let's toast let's you, toast 4th it. of July. We just poured um, a half a glass of Chardonnay that we're going to have. Well, I poured a fourth of a glass. Well, I have half a glass. I love you, honey. Oh, I love you too, dear. There we go. It sounds like the Liberty Bell. A little cheer for the uh, 4th of July. Yes. What did you like about 4th of July? Well, what did I like about 4th of July? Well, you were raving about our president's speech. I was not. Actually, I have to say... Um, it's, you know, these occasions are always time to be reflective and all that's going on around us. Yes. What I realized is that Donald Trump and his message of divisiveness and his dark, the darkness that's all around him, um, and the half-empty seats at his barn burner spectaculars um, reminds me that that really is the minority. And all these things that are coming up you know, to the surface, you know, the white supremacy, racism, oil now, yeah. we're, on a, we're on a rapid boil with a lot of these things. And it didn't happen because Donald Trump is a symptom. I always say, I think I've said this before, and I say this to my students, the leaders of our nations are really the faces of where we are as societies. Donald Trump didn't just come off the television screen as the apprentice to become president uh, because he was um, some freak of nature or whatever. It's how 46% of the country felt um, after we had had been led by, by a black president and let's face it, that spawned the Tea Party movement. As Big Fatty would they, say, black. They did not. The Tea Party movement was a reaction to Barack Obama. And all this goes back to the Southern strategy and Nixon's plan to address white grievance in America. So this is, this is the boiling point of all of this. So yesterday, I, re, I kind of reflected on this and realize we're fortunate to be at a teachable moment. It's unfortunate that we had to live through this awful experience to get to this point. True. But um, rather than see it as um, arguing over Confederate statues, well, let's face it, there would be no 4th of July because if they had the Confederacy won, we would not be the United States of America. And you think about the consequences, there were still... There was still the western part of the United States that hadn't been settled. Who's, who was going to go out there? The Confederacy or the Union? And what was going to happen? We would, look like, we would have looked like Europe. Yeah, but the big question was, would those new states be slave states or not slave well, states? Well, slavery would have worn itself out um, as it did in South America by the 1880s. But it, then we would, we would have been two different you know, the, the Union and the Confederacy of, of states to the south, and then who was going to grab resources to the west? Well, yeah, that's uh, true. And so it, we, would have, we would have been Europe and all that madness, and who knows what would have happened. Uh, the, the, you know, the, 
course of history of the 20th, 20th century depended on the United States. Two <laughs> world wars depended on our involvement. So Did I just reflected on that and the potential for moving forward after November and um, maybe seeing the, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. That's where I am right now. So you reflected all that yesterday. Actually, yeah. Interesting. Not, not all that yesterday, but, you know, because we, I, I've, I do not watch anything Trump-related. So I know. You watch the nightly news, and I and call you put your headphones on. Anything, if Donald Trump farts to the microphone, the press will cover it as though the fart is something of significance <laughs> that we all need to know. It needs to be analyzed. Why did the president fart? What did he eat? Well, Kendall, I don't know why the, what the president had, but he farted. Thank you, Biffy. That's just what we needed to know. All That's right. pretty much what we get from this. And so I, I don't listen to that. And so I just know what I see what's going on around us, and I, I am, I'm going to be cautiously optimistic. Now, what did you reflect well, on yesterday? I, what was your, what I, were your Fourth of July thoughts? I do not necessarily know that I was reflecting on any of the stuff that you were reflecting on. Of course, I think about how Trump and his gang is ruining this country. I think of that, though, every day. Oh. However, um, last night after um, we watched a movie, what was the movie we watched last night? The one that came before oh. Mid Midway. Oh, we watched Midway. Um, that came after. I, I, isn't that funny? I can't even think about it. I don't even know what it was. But well, we watched the, we watched the Fourth of July show. Oh, maybe that's what it was. We watched the Capitol Fourth. Midway. That's yeah, we watched. we watched the Capitol Fourth on PBS, which was generally pre-taped singing um, from has-been singers and uh, poor John Stamos, who had some kind of foot thing because he was wearing a boot the whole time and it looked weird on his foot. But anyway, um, in terms of what I was reflecting on, when we actually watched the last, it was like the last hour, maybe 45 minutes of Midway on HBO, um, I was reflecting on World War II and um, thinking about how little, I say little, but battles like Midway um, had to be won for us to be able to well, ultimately yeah, win the war. Little about Midway, we, I mean that that was a defining turning point in the war. But um, anyway, that's what I was thinking about. I was also thinking about having a very traditional dinner. Yes, we had, we had hamburgers. Hamburgers. We had hamburgers. 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 Honey, our president says hamburgers. Anyway, he spells it. Um. And then we had uh, potato chips, which we don't have very often. Well, I had um, baked baked beans, and um, we bought a cake at the grocery store yesterday. A little, it was very festive. Yeah, a little red, white, and blue cake to celebrate. Very small yellow cake. It was very good. The birthday. Well, we still have some over there. And we had um, we had a light-bodied Virginia red wine from Rosemont. Yes, Vineyard. that's true. It was quite nice. It was not a big red, but it was perfect for, like, hamburgers. An everyday sipper, yeah. yes, it was perfect. Not big alcohol, not big flavors, but just perfect for... No, a it had a lot of fruit flavors, a lot of berry flavors. Well, I meant, like, big uh, oaky flavors or anything like that. Anyway, um, so that's what we really did for uh, 4th of July. I think the change in the um, Capital 4th by PBS was 
uh, interesting the way they did it. I mean, clearly everything was pre-recorded, and they just like it was. Um, what's her name? Uh, Vanessa Williams. Vanessa Williams and John Stamos, and they pretty much just directed each segment to the different people that were pre-recorded. And then I think. Oh, well, that was, that was, that was a they nice program. Was, it did. It did. It did acknowledge. I think most of the artists who had taped their segments had um, references to Black Lives Matter. Yes, they did. Um, yes. The singers were distanced. Those that had. Uh, right, they had. Singers. Yeah, and probably some of these people. I was most them. amazed with. Patty LaBelle. I am not a big Patty LaBelle fan. And we figured out she's 76 years old? 75. 75. Um, I thought she did a great job. So I like... I'm a a throwback kind of person. I like Patty LaBelle and the Bluebells from the 60s. When when she said, Vukushé Avenois. Well, that was the 1970s. Vukushé Avenois. That's Lady Marmalade. No, I'm talking about the 1960s. Before they hit What did she sing? Well, let me finish. Oh. Um, in the 1960s, the Bluebells were kind of an under-the-radar uh, girl group. They were from Philadelphia. Patti LaBelle was the lead singer. And one of the Bluebells was Cindy Birdsong. Who used who to be. replaced Florence Ballard as a Supreme. And um, Patti LaBelle never forgave Diana Ross because she blame Diana Ross for, for stealing one of the bluebells. Anyway. And that went all the way to like 1989 because wasn't it, didn't, was, didn't it take Oprah to bring the two of them back together? Yeah, they, yeah, they resolved whatever differences and yeah, whatever. At, at one of her balls. They... Well, the bluebells and the Supremes are gone and so now we're, we still have Diana and Patty. Anyway, I'm, never, I'm not a big fan of Patty shrieking and screaming and vocal gymnastics and that's, you know, her... The version, the Bluebells version of Somewhere Over the Rainbow, 1967-68. It's just classic, classic soul. It's it's just, I I just, I love it. Last night, she was doing her shrieking and screaming and And the scales up and down. And And then I had, I had to, if if indeed that was some, because I knew it was pre-recorded because she had, Two background singers, but you heard a, full, a whole choir behind her. Yeah. Um, if she can still do that at 75, even though that's not really my... I don't really enjoy that kind of singing. I like Celine Dion. I mean, I, yeah. Screaming Scream Dion. Celine Dion. Yeah, I, um, yeah I, it's singing, and it's, it's, it takes talent to do that. I guess I like singers who sing notes on a page rather than uh, shrieking from one octave. And to doing the yeah, doing all the scales. Uh, so up I don't really. I, it's not my style. But I was surprised if she had, it, indeed recorded that. She uh, did, and she did that the day before. Recorded that at, at her age. That was phenomenal. I did enjoy Yolanda Adams. I thought she was very good. Um, I didn't know most of those people. Well, I knew John Fogarty from Oh yeah, John Fogarty. Water Revival. And he said that he his, had his, his kid and the other one kid. Oh was, my lord. Well, yeah, probably grand grandkids we figured out. So one basically of, one, of, one of them should have been nude. Yes, I agree with he that. He was beautiful. Oh he my was. lord. So anyway, that's what we ended up doing for on Fourth of July. We did not go anywhere to to, to view any fireworks. They were put on here at the mall in D.C. We watched them live, but we did not go anywhere. However, 
um, I found out this morning that the crowds that actually came to the mall were very small and very spaced. So I'm the people in D.C. got smart and stayed. Most of them stayed home, and those who went stayed spaced apart. So those who went drove from Southern Virginia, Northern Maryland, West Virginia. Probably um, yeah. the ones who went to visit Trump. Yeah, all the red, all the red counties. And they're all breathing on each other and singing on each other and screaming on each other. In other words, there was a lot of spit in the well, air. A lot of Karens came. Yeah, a lot sure. of Karens. Oh, yeah. So, and he was, uh, of course, his usual um, but he message a, that resonates with 35% of Americans yeah, those blaming, blaming um, public high schools for teaching students to be... Left-wing fascist, which makes no sense because right. fascism really isn't left-wing. Because he's stupid. Well, so for him to use that kind of language means someone wrote that for him. So Steve Bannon, did you also brought hear? Out of mothball, brought out of his A Wait, meeting, or did you hear that he um, referenced Desert Storm as a battle from World War Two? Yeah, or, or uh, Vietnam. Vietnam. Sorry, Vietnam. No. <laughs> And then there, there was a sentence in the speech that required him to pronounce three words that start with the letter S, and it was all slurred. Yes. Well, he is loaded on Adderall, at least what I've read, um, loaded on... Yeah, that's all speculation. We all know that for sure. For his attention uh, issues, or who knows what's going on. But anyway. Anyway. In about four months, we'll be done with him. Yeah. So, something new... Um, I've decided to um, start working on making masks. I know this is like an old thing to, to get, jump on the bandwagon now because people did start doing this back in March. But I realized that we, you and I, husband and I, need some permanent masks. We got to stop buying these disposable ones. Yes. Well, and the and then the, the well, at least with me, um, the strings tear into your break. ears. Well, are they they pop? Um, oh yeah, the the yeah the disposable ones I've break. Had that happen. Yeah, so I decided um, what day this past week, Wednesday or Thursday? I, I don't remember which day it was. Uh, so a friend of ours gave you a basket. Oh, uh, she gave me stuff on Monday. On Monday. So that's when the that's when the when the endeavor began. Yes, but I didn't actually get started on it until Wednesday or Thursday. I think I don't remember exactly which day it was, but the first day I made my prototype and I totally messed it up. Like, you're supposed to turn it inside out, and I, I didn't put the seams together right, so it was, like, outside in and inside out. It was just, it was not right. So then my second one, I... Um, actually, the second one came out pretty good, except I messed up with the elastic, and the, the elastic ended up being inside the mask instead of outside, so you can put it around your ears. So that was a the third mess-up. No, the second mess-up. On the third mess-up which I made out of plaid fabric, which I thought was going to be really good. Um, it was fine, but it was just too big. I, I used too much material. So, you know, it wouldn't close around your nose and mouth, so, like blocked your eyes and stuff. So it was too big. And then the final, the, I say the, the final, uh, uh, what you call it? Um, final product? No, the final product. Or the, the final model that I created um, was courtesy of Rob S., one of the Robs, because he had commented on... I think they're... Not to disrupt you. You're interrupting me? What? 
I think you put a piece of cork in my... Um, in your wine glass? My husband put a piece of cork in my... No, dear, that's Chardonnay. not a piece of cork. What is that? That's a piece of green stuff that was probably in your teeth that have come, <gasps> has gone into the glass. Green stuff? It's not yeah. green, it's brown. It Whatever the cork. stuff you ate. That's not cork. Look how thin it so is. So I will reveal it's like a this. Leaf. My husband watches forensic files, and oh, I'm convinced he's plotting my murder. This yeah. is probably some uh, bit of poison, a poison tablet that you put in my wine. I'm you're, lying to you now. You're not going to let me and finish my listener, no, I've just discovered this. Listeners, please know that my husband watches forensic files all the time because he's plotting my murder. And so now I have evidence. Forensic files, forensic, forensic evidence will show that there was the residue of a brown tablet in his, <laughs> so like a, in his a leaf from glass of Chardonnay. And um, unfortunately for, for his husband, the tablet didn't dissolve completely, but of course right. before then I died. Anyway, I'm just letting everyone know. Thank you. There's something dissolving in my glass of Chardonnay. If you don't hear of him again, you'll know what happens. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Listen, honey, before I move on, I'll just say to you, if there, if I've learned nothing else from all of these 400 episodes of, of Friends of Files, no, there's only 400, um, nobody gets away with it. Everyone always gets caught at some point, even if it's a cold case file, 20 years in the making, get this, everybody gets caught. Get this piece of poison out of this. You get it out. I'm in the middle of discussing how, my, how I worked on my masks. You do that, I'm going to get a different glass. All right, get a new glass. Okay, so I was saying that my fourth prototype of the mask was courtesy of Rob S., one of the Robs, because on Facebook, Arthur, I think it was Arthur, posted um, a picture of him in his mask, and then he said, I'll show you mine if you show me yours. So everybody was posting pictures of their masks. And I asked, Arthur, did you make that yourself? If so, what's your pattern? And Rob S. filled in by saying, oh, we made those for uh, Deacony, Deaconess. I, I, I'm going to get that wrong. I don't know if it's a church or if it's a corporation or I think it's a hospital, actually. Anyway, um, so he sent me the link to that. Um, website where they were showing how to make it. You just dumped it in the new glass. No, I didn't. Okay. Anyway. Oh, you were. Oh, so you were paying attention to what happened with that. <laughs> I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle of my mask talk. Thank you very oh, much. Oh, sure. So, um, let's mask the poisoning. Okay. So, um, the the tutorial that Rob sent me and his instructions on some variations in the mask making were extremely helpful because I was finally able to successfully make a mask with, but it was a much simpler way to make a mask, just a simple rectangle that you put some pleats in and then the pleats along the side close up next to your cheeks and the pleats in the middle open up to cover your nose and your chin. And I took it one step further by putting a dart under the chin so that it closes up around your chin. So, I'm going to post a picture on the website of me in my uh, final prototype mask, the one that I'm going to actually mass produce this week so that my husband has four, maybe four he can take with him on his trip. And well, then, then you can put them in the washing machine. It's going to take the filter out, though. Well, of course. Yeah. Because now, the one I'm going to make is going to have a pocket for a filter to... Um, let my husband have that so he can, because this is going into our next. So anyway, I'm into making masks now. And um, a huge thank you to Rob S. for that. 
um, put those directions in the website. But um, I also need some material because it seems like everybody has bought all the material. So I gotta go. I gotta go grocery. Not shopping. Grocery shopping. I need to go shopping at Joanne's to get some material to make some nice masks. Oh, you should go shopping at Karen's. <laughs> Karen's. Does they she don't wear masks there. Does she have a store? Yes, and she wants to see the manager. Yes. Anyway, she so, is the manager. Karen is the manager. I'm saying I'm making these for my husband because our next topic is that my husband is leaving on Thursday to go to New Orleans for his yearly beach trip with his family. Yes. And I am very concerned that in the traveling that he may somehow be exposed to some people who might possibly have the COVID. And I don't want him bringing it home to me when he comes home. So I want to make sure he has a mask that has a filter um, at least, you know, two or three or four to take with him so he can wash, have one in the wash and wear one. Well, you know. let's back up. Let's back it up. Because you're saying, bring it home to me. I don't want to get it either. Well, I know, but I'm, I'm going to die from it. You're, gonna, you're not going to die from How it. How do you know? Because I have existing Athlete, condition of my athletes heart. Athletes are getting it and are going disease. to the hospital. Well, I mean, no one, no one is immune from the, the, the effects of this. I know, I know. I don't want to so, get it. You're traveling on Thursday. You're going to get on a plane and fly down to New Orleans. You're going to stay there for 12 days. And for seven of those days, you're going to be at a beach where there's really no, not very many people. So that's a good thing. Well, so I think the riskiest part actually is going to be the airport itself. Um, because I have no idea what's going on. I, I, mean, I, was gonna, I was going to fly home for spring break. I canceled and all the COVID madness. Um. And um, I decided to book my flight because there was still they were doing distance seating on the airplane. Um, and you purchased it under distance distance seating. Yes. Well, then a week ago, American Airlines decided or announced that they weren't going to do that anymore and will be filling up airplanes. So there's there's that. Even though I do think airplanes, the airline industry is, I, th- I think that's. Fine. Um, I will be wearing. Well, you have to turn your mask on the plane. Um, but I want you to wear it though, in the airport well, too. Just let me let me finish. So the I think the issue will be in the airport. If they are booking flights, then airports will be crowded. Um, and so, what does that mean for distancing at the gates uh, to get onto the plane? Yeah. Um, the security TSA. Yeah, because there'll be lines out the door. Bumper, bumper people um, right next to each if other. We, if you distance in these lines, um, the lines will be out the door. It, it just seems unrealistic. That's the issue: is the airport. I'm pretty certain the airplane is manageable, only because. Um, well, that's also mandatory. Uh, you have to wear your mask yeah. on on the plane. They're not serving food. You. You can um, bring your own snacks, uh, but I think I, I can stay safe on the plane. And then, of course, in New Orleans, where, where I'm going, where my family lives, um, we're not going anywhere. We, Louisiana has extended phase two of reopening, so not much is open in regard to bars or restaurants. And my parents aren't going anywhere, so I'm, I'm staying with them. And then we're going to a barrier island for the rest of the time. And that is not a 
it's not a party destination. In fact, it's pretty sparsely populated and will be outdoors most of the time. So I'm not too concerned about that. My sister is a public health educator and she's been dealing with COVID since this all started. So she's going to be our instructor for staying safe because we have to pass through Mississippi. We are driving. Louisiana, it's only an hour and a half or two hours, but you still have to pass through a couple of states. You have to stop at gas stations along the way, but we'll be masked and gloved and wearing our protective. That's right, because you sent all that stuff down to your parents. Yes, and so I think that will be okay. Let me ask you this, though. Have your parents expressed any concern about you bringing D.C.'s germs down to New Orleans? No, because we haven't gone anywhere. No, I know. I'm just saying, I wonder if they're as concerned. No, but my mom just said to bring extra masks because where they live in Jefferson Parish, it is a mandatory. You have to wear masks because people weren't wearing masks. Yeah. But in Louisiana, uh, the, the, the uptick in cases, as in Virginia, it's not in Orleans or um, the Jefferson Parish. It's really in the rural parishes, the redder parishes of Louisiana. Right. Uh, where they live out in the, in the rural areas and they, they think they're immune to it. It's the same in southern Virginia. The upsurge in cases are coming from the southern counties, not right. the northern counties. I know, and that's the sad part, because now, because Virginia was doing so well for so long. Every time I see the map on the news, Virginia's never colored in. But the um, rising cases, start, they, Virginia started being colored in. So. so you feel comfortable and safe going on the in the airport and the plane with what your plans are for wearing masks? Uh, well, the airport was a challenge, but I am going to do what I can to stay safe. Um, and I think that's all we can do. Uh, what can we do? Well, while you're gone, I'm not going to go anywhere for 12 days. Well, good. No plans to go anywhere. All right. So I think that is enough for today. What Do you have anything else you'd like to discuss? Well, that seems like a short show. 26 minutes long. Well, we usually go about 30 minutes. Um, I don't know what else to discuss other than what I know, we've already I discussed. But the next um, podcast you hear will just be me by myself because my husband will be in New Orleans. That's true. I'll be gone. So thank you for joining me on this episode. I appreciate that. Well, and so if listeners out there want to volunteer what they're doing, I know a lot of folks are saying, well, I'm not going, I'm never getting on an airplane, I'm not going anywhere until we get a vaccine. When will we get a vaccine? We don't even know when we're getting a vaccine. So you think um, uh, listeners are saying that, that they're, they're not going to no, go I'm anywhere? I think listeners are saying that. What I have been reading, for example, on Facebook, uh, those who are saying, well, I'm, you know, I'm going out of town or I'm visiting, you know, mom and dad or I'm visiting friends. Well, you're stupid. I'm not getting on an airplane. I'm not going anywhere. Well, well some of us who made these plans counted on distancing on airplanes. Yeah. Well, that's out the window. So what can you do next? And you do what you can do. Well, and then we're all taking calculated risks. Well, I can tell you. Was best, as I've said numerous times, we needed a national response to this, and we haven't had it. Well, so I am counting on 
I'm counting on the people I am visiting that they have been doing the right thing. And from what no one's going to say, oh, yes, I went to um, a barbecue with 50 people and we all stayed in the house and we're all breathing and laughing on, and coughing and sneezing on each other. I mean, we're, we're counting on each other to be honest about how safe or unsafe I think you have a story about I was your just, niece. I was just going to say, uh, I don't know what you want to visit your mother. If I've already discussed this or not, I can't remember. But my mother's birthday is in August. Or nothing. Did I start this at the beginning of this episode? I don't know. But anyway, um, my my niece has been partying with kids and posting pictures on Facebook. And in Florida. Instagram and Snapchat. Yeah. At, um, what was that? Sun- Panama City. Panama City, Florida. Yeah. And posting all these pictures with her hanging out with these, like, you know, huge groups of um, early 20s kids drinking with no masks. And if I were to go to Tennessee to visit my mom, I would I would normally stay with my sister. But I'm, I refuse to stay there if my niece is there when she's been hanging out with all these young kids. Well, the, I think there's a bigger concern, and that is your niece then visiting your mother. My grandmother. Uh, her grandmother, yeah. Yes. And uh, giving it to her. Yes, that would because not, now they are allowed to go in good. and visit, but only one person at a time. Well, and so maybe you know we don't know. Maybe your niece quarantines when she comes home. Yeah, we I don't, don't really know. know she's been I tested. don't know. But these are the things you know. Should we be polite and assume that your niece is being safe, or that your your sister is setting well, the boundaries for this sort of thing? I'm going home. My my nephew is twenty four. Um, has he been home for the past three months not doing anything? My sister's a public health educator. I'm going to assume that she's she has him. laid yeah. down the law yeah. and has set the boundaries. We're just counting on but, each other to keep to to stay safe because that's all we have. We just we're just like every we're all we're off on our own. But you remember that my brother-in-law is a Trump supporter. And they don't think this is real, and they don't. Well, they're, they're not as concerned about it. Your sister is not a Trump supporter. Nope. And she and also. In fact, she's very realistic, and she's in charge of your mother's health. Yes. So I don't know. So that. then, why would she let her daughter go out? And we don't know. Maybe she tested negative. Maybe your niece has, was tested. Was tested negative. Maybe she just posted she tested, a picture I, this morning of being know. with like there was at least thirty. Uh, 20-something kids sitting on a hill watching fireworks last night. And she posted well, the picture this morning. Well, let's just hope that when she goes back home, your sister says, all right, so now you have to quarantine for two weeks. I can guarantee you she's not going to do that. Well, so then before you make that, you have a month. Yeah. So by that point, maybe you can have that. Well, honey. Maybe we have to be. And here's the thing. If we see these things and we want to stay healthy, we need to advocate for ourselves. And exactly. we have to stop being polite. And, you know, just say, I'm... I want to stay healthy. I saw um, Sally's uh, pictures for summer vacation. I'm a little, I just, I want to stay healthy. So I'm um, staying in a hotel. Or just say, you know, has has Sally been tested? Um, are you, just I just want to know what the, I guess we just have to be honest and not be polite. But then we want to be polite because we want to, we assume that other people are thinking of, of, See, our, of us and each but other. But you can't our, assume you know? that. You can't assume that. You have I to think. For, I think you think for yourself. So for me, it's going to be first of all, I'm 
probably not going to go. And two, if I do go, I will stay in a hotel. I think you should go. And I think I said earlier, you don't have to go exact on the exact day that your no. mother's birthday is. No, I can is. go a day before. Or the day after or right. the week after or whatever yeah. it is. Um, but I think we have, and and we don't have any leadership. We have, you know, fifty governors doing their own things, and 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 how everyone feels about it. And I think we just for a while we just have to stop being polite and say, hey, listen, I want to stay healthy. Um, so put a mask on. Is, and go away from me. It, or has your child been safe, or have they been tested? A lot of this is being driven by young people who don't who think they're invincible. Yes, but and they're all getting visiting it. mom and dad and aunt and uncle, and so they're getting sick. And uh, there's increasing cases of younger people becoming gravely ill. I'm watching athletes getting healthy yeah. athletes uh, getting this, um, and becoming, in every sport, and, baseball, and basketball, tennis, tennis, everything. and not asymptomatic, becoming ill. Yeah, and yet playing a professional tennis match knowing that they're sick and then you know going to the you know the tennis net and interacting with their opponent or the umpires and the it's 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 insane it's It's, not healthy but i think just the quick thing to say is it's not over it's it's not not over over and it won't be over and i'm all right i said this earlier just not to be gloomy i thought i'll start off being optimistic but I think we're going to be going back to rolling back some of these reopening I agree. Um, phases, I maybe agree. even some closing down some restaurants. We have, we really do. I mean, we really do need a lockdown. Yeah, lockdown, stay in national lockdown, and let's just let's just stomp this in, into the ground. That's not going to happen, and I, the, I think the fall is going to be, it could be a very grave situation. Very challenging, yes. Okay, well, thank you so much for being on this episode. Um, thanks for listening, everybody, and hopefully you're staying safe and healthy. Yes, and let's end on a pleasant note. I love you, honey. Well, I love you too, dear. And I love all of our listeners. Yes, I do too. Yes. All right, until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.